Welcome back, everybody, to the Matrix Online Revisited Podcast. I am Vesuvius, and this is our second episode for our speculation podcast, the original Matrix 4, where we discuss the Matrix Online storyline and speculate as to which story elements and characters might make it into the upcoming Matrix 4. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. Also, follow me on Instagram, at VesuviusMXO, for daily Matrix content. And that's my home for all my online exploits. You can find links to my YouTube channel and my Matrix Online merchandise. I have links in the show notes, but for now, enjoy Chapter 2. Chapter 2 introduces us to the crew of the Novelist 2, which is a group of characters that are controlled by the live events team. So something that was different about the Matrix Online was our developers would go in as characters and actually play through events that would affect the storyline of the game. It was a very novel idea. So the crew of the Novelist 2, one in particular named uh, Neurofight, uh, acquires these special powers and defeats an agent only to lose their powers and memories. Zion develops insecticide codes that can be used against the assassin. The assassin is lured out of hiding by a Morpheus copycat, setting off code bombs. A traitor from the novelist 2 named Tarima on board the, uh, is revealed as Vale, who is taken into Zion custody. Okay, so Lazarus? Uh, real quick now, is this, this is the live event where we are chasing and trying to kill the assassin, correct? This is the the beginning of it. Death of the Destroyer was two point two. That's when I uh, no, I'm sorry. I believe that was uh, yeah, it was two point three actually. Excuse me. As far as Chapter Two goes, I don't really think I have anything from Matrix Four then until we get to point three. I mean, uh, you've got the you've got the copycat, uh, the Morpheus copycat setting off code bombs. I mean, and we mentioned code bombs before, so that might be a neat visual. That is something that might sneak into the Matrix 4 in terms of, you know, seeing the code bombs going off. And as you mentioned, seeing the code in the actual Matrix and, you know, Blue Pills being able to witness that. But I think that's the only thing I'm seeing here that might be something we could see in the Matrix 4. Also, the idea of, of Morpheus copycats. There's always doubt whether Morpheus was actually, in fact, killed in that event or if he had somehow cheated death and faked his death so that he could go on to do a more thorough search for Neo. Uh, beyond that, the Novalis, Novalis 2 crew was never overly important. And that's sort of an unfortunate thing in that it had different endings, that storyline, depending on which server you played on and what players did. And then later they merged the servers, which led to uh, continuity snarls that couldn't be resolved. So they pretty much dropped every aspect of that from the story, except for the character of Turema, who became Vale, who is a fantastic character. I, and we'll get into her more later around chapter three, I think. But uh, once she really resurfaces after that is one of the most iconic characters in MXO. And the movie would be at a disservice if they didn't at least try and include that character. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, Vale was like a fan favorite, really played a psychopath, uh, clever and cunning. So uh, hopefully that she, you know, she, she makes it into the movie. I, I think she she definitely had like a very cool look to her. So something that could certainly translate over to, to film. Now, her look was very interesting. Now, a, a, when she was Turima, she looked like pretty much any other red pill, you know, unremarkable compared to any player character. Once she became Vale, she had 
her skin was basically sort of a gray silver color. And I, I don't believe they ever explained why that was the way it was, but it harkens back to when Neo was being unplugged and touched that mirror and it kind of became the T-1000 and uh, enveloped him. So maybe, and because her ideology of cypherism is, you know, revenge for being awakened, the idea that she always wants to go back to that moment, I think might be the reason she looks that way. That's entirely speculation on my part. You know, I just interpreted it as, you know, when somebody who doesn't have feeling, like they're, there's, it's said that they're very cold. Like, it seems to me like she's lost all humanity. So she was like cold. Like she looked almost like albino, but like with a shine. So to me, it was like she was so cold. She just lost her humanity. That That's also a good interpretation. No, it's funny because when you bring up the way that she looked, it actually reminded me, and you said the, the T-1000 look, it reminded me me of that one buff that made you look like the t-1000 oh and that's right I, you, know, you, could, um, you could get a firewall effect on your character and that was right. also the mirror sheen so it, it, maybe she's always running a firewall maybe that's like like maybe maybe it's implying that that her persona is this this elusive saboteur assassin this this you know almost comic book like villainous is just a facade and the real her is you know vulnerable but uh i am reading entirely far too much into that i think Oh, that's all part of the fun. Yeah, no, that's the fun we're having here tonight. And that's the thing. I was thinking um, a couple weeks ago, I was just thinking of, well, you know, okay, the Matrix was revolutionary because of bullet time and you know, the different things they were doing visually. So, okay, what kind of things can we do visually? And T-1000, of course, isn't new. But if, you know, the look is a little different, and as you uh, reminded me what the buff did, if the, if the explanation for the special effect is that it's a firewall of some sort and it's somehow protecting somebody's connection to the Matrix or something like that, you know, it's a twist on a way to explain CGI. Because I thought that was one of the things that always made Bullet Time so incredible is not just the look, but the fact that the special effect itself had a reason to be in the film. It wasn't just done to look cool. It actually meant something in the movie. You're taking the interpretation that bullet time is lag. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. I've I've heard that explanation before. I I, I never thought of it that way, but uh, that that could be valid. That that these these hyper awakened individuals are breaking the limitations of the system so much they got to allocate some more processing power to to get things up to speed. That's an interesting way to describe it. No, I think that's actually incredible because, you know, there are so many different computer references snuck into this. And I always thought of it more of a, you know, just a, a manipulation of, you know, time and space in terms of, you know, she says, oh, you move like them and, and we're seeing it in slow motion. But in real time to someone who's not bending the rules, it looks fast so i've always just kind of seen it in terms of playing with time but that actually when you say it's lagging oh you know he's hacking it so so much that it's taking up more processing power i mean that's that's great i like that yeah definitely a, a good real world real world explanation for what the what it is that they're doing and the concept of the machines maybe needing more processing power is going to come up uh when we get to the later chapters i think Yes, it does. And there is an argument about, you know, maybe what humans are being used for. And when we crashed the servers as players, that wasn't until a later event also. <sighs> oh, oh we, we broke the game in all sorts of ways, but I think that's getting off topic. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to my thoughts on processing power when we get to chapter, I want to say, 10 or 11. Sounds about right. Uh, all right, so chapter 2.2. 2. 
Zion works with the machines to develop a flit gun to combat the assassin. Ghost finds a hit list, and we learn uh, more on how the kill code was created to cancel a red pill auto jackout procedure. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, being specific to the game mechanics, uh, which was developed by the Merovingian factions. The assassin is under the Merovingian's protection, but Persephone intervenes on Zion's behalf due to her disdain for the assassin. A secret network of hardline uh, of hardlines is discovered, and the flit gun is tested on the assassin, but he is able to escape. Okay, so Starshwar, thoughts on the flit gun? Yeah. If we get the assassin in the movie, and if you know he is still sworn of flies or whatever, there is no way. There is no way he's going to be brought down by characters shooting him with bug spray. That's not cinematic. The flit gun itself kind of resembles the uh, lightning guns they had on the Zion hovercraft, and that's kind of cool. But it's it's so goofy and comic booky. Uh, it, it doesn't feel Matrixy to me. They. He, if the, the assassin's in the movie, he's going to have a different uh, weakness, I'm sure. All right, Lazarus, thoughts on Chapter 2.2? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the look of the assassin might look good on screen, but I kind of agree with Star Shore in the sense that I don't think the storyline is going to be powerful enough to make it into the Matrix 4 in terms of the character itself. But um, you also mentioned Persephone and Ghost, and I don't think we're going to see Ghost. Um, I'm trying to remember what the contract issue, there was some issue with his likeness in Enter the Matrix, I believe, or something like that. Um, but uh, I would love to see uh, Monica Bellucci uh, Persephone in the Matrix 4. I think the Merovingian Persephone are such important characters that there's no way they won't show up. If it comes down to recasting them, that's that they'll still be in there. They may not look the same, but they have to be a part of the story. They're too important to the universe. And also, we already have this wonderful device introduced in the third movie, or possibly it may have been in Enter the Matrix first, the notion that the Oracle changed what was called her shell, her appearance, because of the unfortunate passing of her original actress. But that leaves open the door that any program could hypothetically look, you know, refresh themselves and look like someone else. Yeah, and actually, it wouldn't even be a stretch for our human and red pill people to be recast as well because the residual self-image is what you project and of Mm. course we all know the deal with switch who is supposed to be i believe male in on the hovercraft and female in the matrix or vice versa and of course you know we have that we have that trans element with, with our directors i've heard that among the fandom many times but i don't recall ever seeing any official source on that uh i i think i'm in the same boat i've heard it enough um, and then, of course, with the Wachowski's coming out as, you know, transgender, if, if, you know, forgive me if that's not even the right uh, verbiage. But, um, you, you know, it seems seems like, uh, you know, they were kind of ahead of the social curve on that one. And I think uh, the, the other thing I heard was the studio just wasn't comfortable or with it or didn't think audiences would understand it. You know, the way that the Matrix explained these things, I think they did a very good job for such a complex issue. And, you know, the first time I watched it, you know, I kind of understood these elements of the story. And and that's kind of why I always uh, kind of bought into that rumor as well, because when you think 20 years ago, that would definitely be something that a studio might might have fought them on. And that might have been one of the issues that they didn't feel like they had to really fight about where, you know, they still kind of snuck it in there and did what they wanted to do anyway. 
There's also a hint of that for Trinity. It's very, very subtle. But when she and Neo first meet in the club, he says, I thought you were a guy. And she just yes. sort of shrugs that off. But maybe maybe Most there's a little do. bit more going on there. Yeah, anyone could really be recast. And we all we may have already seen that in practice in Matrix Online because not all of the actors were on board with their likenesses being used. And none of them was more obvious than Ghost, who is completely bald and looks nothing at all like the original actor. Uh, so, you know, anyone can be back with that explanation, uh, you know, just their their visualization of themselves has changed. Yeah, and Starshwar, I think I came across your, your old photo bucket, and I think you had, like, a comparison of Ghost's original RSI when The Matrix Online started, and then when he became the bald character. Uh, was that you that had it? Yeah, in in beta, at least, he, he still kind of looked yeah. like the original actor. Not, like, exactly, but you could still kind of see you know, the goatee and the haircut. I, my guess is that the actor threatened legal action, and they doubled down hard on not making him look. Because everyone else that wasn't signed on looked reasonably. You know, the architect, you could tell on first glance, that's the architect. You know, white man, got the beard, got the white and gray suit, That that's him. Ghost, even with the outfit, is bald. Again, I think we're getting a little off topic, but you know, in terms, of, I think I, our consensus here is any character that the Wachowskis need to come back will come back, whether or not it's the actor is up to the actor. Uh, Laz, any thoughts on the auto jackout procedure, the uh, kill codes, oh, all about uh, and maybe implementing that into the into the movie? Um, well, you know, with the auto jacking out procedure, I mean, we have seen self substantiation with. Uh, the kids so you know having it be a hack is something that is definitely possible whether or not we will see this in the matrix 4 i think is a 50 50 i mean i don't really think that it's something that we're necessarily going to need but uh, you know it's, it's it's definitely something that's possible let me explain a little bit for for those of you who are unfamiliar with the game as with any video game or virtually any video game if your character takes too much damage they are dead which is good but you need to be able to come back and keep playing so they rationalize that in the story by saying a uh, Zion scientist by the name of Danielle Wright had developed this revolutionary new technology that if you are killed in the Matrix, you will be immediately just expelled back into your chair in the real world. You'll have the worst headache of your life, but you'll be okay. And later, they certain characters devised means of getting around that. And the assassin could do this naturally. He could produce kill codes to uh, eliminate red pills regardless of the uh, jackout procedure which made him more uh, more of a threat and the merovingian loved having that uh, at his disposal at least for a little while that said i can't see e emergency jackout being a thing in the movie it just destroys all dramatic tension when you find out that all the characters have a parachute that don't worry you get shot you'll be okay that at best it'll, there'll be a passing mention of oh we had this tech way back but it's the machine's patched and it doesn't work anymore if you get shot you're dead yeah it was just a it was an interesting way to just bring back your your avatar so that you just just keep playing they did uh, you know add some storyline to it in the later chapters with like a new red like the the machine's patching the red pill so that we couldn't extract and awaken people uh, of course we'll get into oh, that, yeah, that was a little fun. bit later but you did mention the the, the person, the, the red pill, Danielle Wright. Uh, inside the city, you have these big skyscrapers. Wright Research was one of them. And then it turns out the president of Wright Research, Danielle Wright, was a red pill. And, you know, we'll get into her a little bit later. But, you know, all of these little elements inside the game were later fleshed out. And there was a lot of them. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that you did mention her name. 
any final thoughts on 2.2? Um, I do like that that it's made explicit that the machines want to help Zion get rid of the assassin, because even though they didn't like Morpheus, even though he was an outlaw and causing trouble, they still wanted to keep the truce going, and the assassin was a threat to the system, so it was showed that there could be common ground between Zion and machines. Even though they had some tense, sort of Cold War-style relations, there was still there are still many instances, actually, of cooperation. That's That could be interesting in the movie. It goes sort of the, uh, the spy who loved me type sort of route. Okay, so 2.3. Commandos on helicopters are seen, and it is learned that they are meeting with powerful groups in the city. So it's like these, uh, these army commando uh, groups. Anom, Niobe's controller, spies on the commandos and the Merovingian meeting. Zion Command insists on establishing a working relationship with the commandos. The assassins' corrupt codes are overtaking the city and red, and red pills forcing all to converge against him. Once the flit guns are ready, the assassin is hunted and finally killed. Okay, so Lazarus, thoughts on the end of the assassin and the start of the commandos? Well, I mean, I think we all can kind of agree. Well, for those who don't know, Anom was an associate of Niobe, and his story is going to be developed more in the game. I think we can agree that he's probably not going to show up in the Matrix 4. Um, as far as Niobe and the assassin, you know, the assassin almost killed her on the barge, correct? Yes. We're, we're in we were in disagreement about that last time we uh, discussed this. Either he almost killed Niobe, or Niobe put herself in a position to be killed so that some anonymous red pill could 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 take him out. Right. Yeah. No. I originally I originally remembered it that or that's the, your your latter uh, description is what I thought. I thought she was more acting as a decoy just so that they could catch him. But um, yeah, that was kind of up in the air when we talked about it last time. I'm not really sure. But again, all that's going to be contingent upon whether or not the assassin shows up. If we're going to see that kind of a scene, if he does show up, I could see that kind of a scene being an on-screen scene. Maybe, but it's going to be, it's not going to be shot for shot. There's no way they're going to have just Jada Pinkett Smith lying down in piles of garbage waiting, <laughs> waiting to be killed <laughs> while, 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 so, while someone else just takes out their magic bug spray and zaps him. That's, that's, that's way too goofy. There, there's no way. The, the, if they do Death of the Destroyer, it's ending different. The game also had these short, like two minute, maybe three minute cinematics where they would introduce the next sub chapter to us, the players. These cinematics are online, and that's what we're referencing. Niobe is on this trash barge floating in the river, when, and there's, there's, of course, a telephone right there in the garbage, and that's how the assassin is escaping. So Niobe's either fighting him at a disadvantage, and then random red pill, which is supposed to be the player comes up and is you know uh trying to kill the assassin and finally eventually kills him uh do we want to talk about the assassin masks and the rewards and all that stuff um you know i i, I just in the broadest strokes the assassin because he's a swarm of flies he split himself into multiple copies allowing players in large numbers to engage him throughout the matrix um i want to say there were five copies of him on each server and whoever got the uh, killing blow in was presented with a copy of the assassin's porcelain mask as sort of the ultimate sort of bragging right trophy thing. In the movie, I can't imagine that. Like, aha, I have avenged Morpheus. I shall therefore wear the mask <laughs> yeah. of the man who killed him. 
it it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think that they were four copies, and then think the fifth copy was the one that was in the cinematic that finally got killed, and that was like the end. Well, here's the thing. It's the end, except his mask falls into the river, and it's the most Friday the 13th type ending ever, where, hmm, the killer fell into that body of water. It's finally over. Yeah, he's definitely dead now. I think, again, at one point, originally the cinematics were rendered in the game engine with the game graphics, and later they switched to pre-rendered, and for those, they just re-rendered them as WMV files, which is fine, except I want to say at one point, they showed a fly flying away that a little piece of him survived and then they removed it. I don't know if that's a glitch or if they changed their mind. And as I recall, it was mentioned uh, in the Sentinel, which was a newspaper you could read in game that was from the blue pills perspective, but there were secret messages meant for red pills in there. It was said that the assassins weapons, the pistols that could generate the kill codes were uh, never recovered, which I mm. think was setting up something that was never, you know, expounded upon, but you know, there's always that, that you know slasher movie thing of maybe it's not as over as we think it is but if they do death of the destroyer in the movie if the assassin's in the movie if he kills morpheus and gets killed he's staying dead i'm pretty sure the cinematics that rarebit posted has that one remaining fly that you're talking about now whether or not that cinematic was the one in the game or not i'm not sure but that's definitely the one that i saw most recently there were some very subtle changes to a few of them that I think are mostly just down to hardware issues, but uh, maybe there was a creative change at some point. Okay, so the assassin is killed. We do have a little bit of Anome being a bit of a sneak. And just speaking of the cinematics, you know, Anome had like this geeky voice in the cinematics. Kind of sounds like Neil Patrick Harris. Just going to throw that out there. Okay, if we get Neil Patrick Harris as Anome and they do that whole storyline, the movie will be terrible, but I will <laughs> love every minute of it. We'll, we'll get to why we hate Anom, or at least why some of us hate Anom around chapter Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get to it just yet. <laughs> I think everybody hates Anom. In the game, when you did missions for Zion, they had a controller named Tyndall. Tyndall? Tyndall? She was, I guess, into Norse mythology and like calling everybody warrior. She had sort of an optimistic yet sometimes icy personality, I guess. But when Niobe was in charge and it was Operation Avenge Morpheus, she uh, she entrusted command to uh, to Anum, who was this little twerp who just had sort of an abrasive, impatient personality who kind of rubbed everyone the, the wrong way. And we get into why he is the way he is a bit later. But uh, so for a while, Zion was juggling two different mission controllers. And uh, I believe Anum mentioned at this point when someone you know killed some dead flies to test on the assassins like i used to do that when i was a kid yeah he was very condescending oh yeah he was a he was a big jerk but that's not the reason we hate him and whether or not he's played by neil patrick harris or not i i, I dare say if niobe has an associate in matrix 4 a zion associate there's going to be a good chance that he's going to betray her I, i'll say that much Oh, you gotta yes, say let's spoil this 10-year-old video. No, sorry, this 14-year-old this, this <laughs> video game you can't play anymore. Okay, so the commandos are see seemingly a powerful um, new player in town, and everybody's trying to align them. Thoughts on the commandos, Starshore? The thing about the commandos, when they first show up in the Cinematic 2.3, they, they are meeting with their leader, who is called the General, and they ask, you know, who, you know, who ourselves with? He just responds, whoever most needs us and takes off in his helicopter. And for months, his helicopters are floating around the city, dropping off 
leaflets that that read do not trust the frenchman so he, he just sets himself up as himself up as hey you want to fight the merv i will my guys will serve whoever uh we get more into who they are what they want later but the 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 interesting thing about them that i think we that skipped my mind last time we talked about this they're cruising around in black helicopters black helicopters are a recurring motif in conspiracy theories the same way the men in black are so in the way that the agents are the matrix equivalent of the men in black and the way that the, and I'm not talking about the, the movies and talk about the, the, the conspiracy theory. And in the same way that the exiles are Bigfoot and aliens and so on, the general's helicopters kind of filled the mysterious black helicopter. Oh no contrails type of uh, mythology. Lazarus. Uh, yeah. Star made a good point. I mean, we really don't know who they are yet, so I don't want to get too much into that, but um, I know that, uh, when you're looking at the the commander, you know, or excuse me, the general early on, I mean, there's definitely general a David mystery. Beats. But they don't they're not real clear about, you know, who he represents or if he's, you know, a machine or, you know, we don't really know. You know, there's a lot of mystery when he first steps on the scene. Oh, one last word about this chapter. This is just a nitpick I've had for uh, over a decade now. But when Niobe thanks whoever it is that saved her and killed the assassin, she picks up the hard line and says, the exit. That that you you just say exit. I, I just say that 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 that's been bugging me. <laughs> I'm leaving shortly to visit my mother. The Matrix is a prison for me. If not for that wretched agreement, I would never return. <laughs>